Uh, thank you so much. And thank you so much, Pastor Roy. That story is 100% true. Oh my goodness. I was just thinking of that when Pastor Roy mentioned about the Nottingham campus meeting in Beeston. I was just, and where things all started. It was in 2014, my first year at the Junction Church, when that instant happened that Pastor Roy was referring to. So, um, Hopefully we've progressed a little bit since then. But it's good to be here this morning. Hope you're all doing really well. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. And of course, welcome to everybody watching online. And hey to everybody in Leicester. Um, it's really good to be here in Loughborough this morning, though. It's my privilege to be bringing the message. And uh, I'm going to be continuing on the current mini teaching series we're on, which is called Your Ride to Freedom. And a couple of our team brought phenomenal uh, beginning to this series last week. You can catch a fantastic message by Erin from last Sunday on YouTube. I'd encourage you to check that out. Uh, but today I'm just continuing on this series, Your Ride to Freedom. You know, freedom is a brilliant idea, but how do I get to a place in my life where I can live in that freedom? And uh, today I want to talk to you from the theme, The Freedom Experience. I'm going to open by reading a couple of verses here. Hopefully they're going to come up on the screen. And uh, this is John chapter 8, 31 to 32. And here Jesus is talking to some Jews. And I believe in these verses that Jesus really gives us a key to experiencing freedom in our life today. So let's read. Why don't you read along with me? To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching." You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So we're going to come back to that in just a couple of moments. But before, I wonder, have you ever missed an appointment that you really should have been at? So I'm the type of person where if we're arranging, you know, some kind of meetup, then I need to get my phone out right away, right there and then, and put it into my calendar. And there was a very good reason for that. Um, I don't know about you, but I really like to exist and I like the experience of living in an organized and ordered world. You know, I like to, you know, I like to, uh, things to happen on time. I like the experience of living in an ordered home. I don't like missing appointments. Um, however, naturally, I'm a total scatterbrain, as I'm sure that you can tell from the story that Pastor Roy mentioned. And uh, I could tell you story after story about times where I got the details about appointments maybe slightly wrong. Um, I think in that same year, 2014, I managed to show up to a church prayer meeting a week early. <laughs> which is better than a week late. Am I right? But um, I think the shining star of missed appointments in my life has got to be the time where I missed my own work leaving meal. And uh, you might think, how does somebody do that? And that would be a very fair question. Um, two years ago, my wife Becca and I, we were sat on our sofa Friday night having dinner, watching you know, Netflix, I think we were watching Suits at the time, and uh, I started to get all these calls from my work colleagues. I was like, what on earth are these people calling me you know, now for? So I just ignored them. I was like, you know, why are they calling me on a Friday night? And uh, the calls just kept on coming. And so I was like, eventually I was like, okay, let me just answer and see what's going on. And I answered the phone. They were like, hey, where are you? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean where am I? Like, I'm at home. I'm, like, I'm having dinner. Like, what are you on about? And they were just like, oh, yeah, we're all at the restaurant. 
and uh, I missed the whole thing. I missed the entire meal. I was already half an hour late. It would have taken me an hour to get there. Um, but they all had an amazing time without me at my leaving meal, so there you go. Um, clearly wasn't essential for that. Um, but I suppose the point is, is that as a result of that experience and other less extreme incidents, I realized that if I wanted to live in the experience of a well-ordered world, then something needed to change. It wasn't going to be the world. The world wasn't going to just present to me a wonderfully ordered life on a plate. No, I realized that if I wanted this experience, then I was going to have to be the one to change. I was going to need to become an organized person. And this gets me thinking about our theme for today because sometimes in life, you know, we really want to experience freedom, but often our, the reality of our experience doesn't line up with our desired experience. You know, it can be so easy as we walk through life to feel held back by certain things in our lives. And maybe it's the experience of feeling trapped by circumstances, or maybe it's the experience of feeling imprisoned in our own thoughts and emotions, or maybe it's the experience of feeling held back by things that have happened. And for many of us, it can feel like there is a gap between the freedom experience we want and the freedom experience that we have. And so this raises the question, how do I get from here to there? How can I live in and experience freedom in my daily life? And I believe that these couple of verses that we opened with, in them Jesus gives us a key to stepping into that experience today. So let's take another look at those. What does Jesus say? Uh, the verse reads, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So what's Jesus saying here? Is he saying that the world is going to change and just present to us a life of freedom on a plate? doesn't look like it. It looks like Jesus is saying that there's going to need to be an internal transformation. Or to use Jesus' words, we must become a disciple. And disciple is probably one of those words that maybe your you know, non-Christian friends and colleagues will be familiar with, but probably fewer would be able to say what it actually means. And the Christian definition of a disciple is quite literally somebody who is becoming more like Jesus becoming more like Jesus. And, you know, this is not to do with walking around in robes and sandals. This is all about who we are. It's how we think. It's how we speak. It's how we act. And Jesus says that this is the key to experiencing freedom in our lives. Because in the Christian walk, there's a believing and a becoming. You know, when we believe in Jesus as Christians, we're, we're set free. We cross over away from the power of sin. But after that, there's a becoming. There's a becoming. I want to become more like Jesus. And Jesus says that this is the key to experiencing freedom in my life. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And much like for me, if I wanted to experience a well-ordered life, I needed to become organized. If we want to experience freedom tomorrow, I need to become a little bit more like Jesus today. Is this making sense? Are you guys with me here? And I suppose that does kind of make sense. You know, Jesus is the freest person that ever walked the earth. 
Jesus wasn't beholden to anybody or anything. The Bible says he was tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he lived free from sin, free from guilt, free from shame. In fact, the freest person that ever lived, you know, Jesus walked the narrow path in life, not the broad path, which is, you know, an indication of a free life in itself. And at no point did Jesus ever give up his freedom. Of course, the culmination of Jesus' freedom was walking out of the dungeon of death and the grave as he was resurrected to life. This is the power of the freedom of Jesus that we all have access to today when we become a little bit more like Jesus each and every day. Okay, so this sounds, you know, great, fa you know, fantastic. I want to experience freedom. I know I want to become more like Jesus. But how do I do that? Where do I start? Where do I begin? And uh, let's go back to Jesus. How do we become Jesus' disciples? Well, Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teaching... That's the answer. If we want to become more like Jesus, what am I going to do? I'm going to do what Jesus does. If I want to become, you know, a little bit more cool like our campus pastor in Loughborough, Pastor Fraser, I'm going to start behaving like he does. And uh, that's very important to me, so um, I'm going to try and do that. How do I experience more freedom in my life? I want to become more like Jesus. And uh, I, want to, I want to hold to his teaching. And uh, have you ever tried to catch something when your hands have already been full? You know, it's kind of difficult. You don't know whether to, you know, like, you don't have, like, the space in your hands to receive what's coming in. And in the same way, I suppose, if I want to hold to Jesus' teachings, then there needs to be a letting go of what's already in my hands so that I can take hold of Jesus' teachings. And I don't know whether that's my own ideas or cultural opinions or fleshly desires or whether it's social media quotes. But if I want to experience Jesus' freedom, I need to let go of some stuff so I can hold on to Jesus' teachings. Are you guys with me on this? Yeah. Okay, well, it would be a sermon far too long to go through each and every one of Jesus' teachings, you know, right here, right now. Um, I'd encourage you to get into the Bible for yourself to, you know, discover some of these things to hold on to. But what I want to do today is just unpack three, three keys for experiencing freedom in three areas of our lives. And these are, uh, these are keys that have helped me personally, and I hope that they are helpful for you today as well. You guys up for this? Great, so the first area I want to talk about experiencing freedom in is in our walk with God. This is where it all begins. This is where it all begins. If we can't have freedom in our walk with God, that's going to inhibit us in the rest of our life. And yet, isn't it just the truth that sometimes it's our walk with God that we can feel the most restricted? You know, those times where I feel like, how can I go to God? I feel too inadequate to go to God today. Uh, we can almost put ourselves in prisons of shame and guilt sometimes uh, because of what we did. And uh, I want to propose today that in order for us to step into freedom in our walk with God, we need to let go of trying to impress God and hold to the grace of God. Because isn't it true that if we try to impress God, we are, you know, I know myself, if I try to impress God five minutes later, I'm bound to fail. 
I'm bound to mess up. I'm going to find a reason to feel inadequate to keep walking with God. We need to hold on to grace. I'm so thankful for my parents. You know, I'm, I was really, uh, I'm really grateful that I grew up with two great parents uh, who still walk with me to this day. And I know that that's not a given in life, so I really don't take that for granted. But they've walked with me my entire life. Um, from the day I was born to this day, and I'm so thankful because at no point in this journey did they ever feel like their want to walk with me was dependent on my impressing them. You know, they wanted to walk with me. They wanted to love me even when, you know, I was a little kid and I was kicking my mum's shins because I was bored and I wanted to leave the shop we were in. Or, you know, they wanted to walk with me when I was naughty. They wanted to walk with me even when I didn't appreciate that. And that just makes me thankful because it freed me from feeling like I needed to impress them to maintain my relationship with them. And that is just like the heart of God for us. John 3.17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Even when our performance was far less than impressive in God's eyes, he still wanted to walk with us to the point that he sent his son to save us. I love that song that we sang in worship. I have never been more loved than I am right now. I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. Even when I mess up, even when I don't hit the mark, God still loves me the same as he did yesterday, today, and will forevermore. And so I want to hold on to grace. I want to hold on to the grace of God. I want that to be the baseline of my life. And when I hold on to that, that brings me freedom. That brings me freedom to go to God even when I get it wrong. That brings me freedom to go to God even when I'm not feeling it. That gives me freedom to go to God when I'm doing good and when I'm doing not so good. Let me encourage you that if we want to experience freedom in our walk with God, let's let go of trying to impress God and hold to the grace of God. You guys still with me? Yeah, yeah so that's, that's the first area. The next area I wanna talk about experiencing freedom in is in our relationships. Experiencing freedom in our relationships. Relationships can be amazing sources for good. And you know, our, whether that's in family or in friendships, they have the power to bring us so much joy, but they're also far from perfect. I don't know about you, but if I don't know how to handle things when they go wrong, my, my relationships can feel awfully burdensome. So what is one way that we can help ourselves to experience freedom in our relationships? Well, I wanna propose that we let go of bitterness and we hold to forgiveness. Uh, Jesus teaches us about forgiveness when he's teaching his disciples how to pray. In Matthew 6, 12, he says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Jesus teaches his disciples to forgive others. Why? Well, it has been said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I want to propose today that holding on to bitterness is like receiving a crime and locking myself up in prison. And uh, this is why in our marriage, Becca and I have made it a value that we try to forgive quickly. We don't always get it right. Um, like in any other relationship of any kind, there's bound to be disagreements, some road bumps, couple of fights, but, um, and those are probably mostly to do with me leaving empty loo rolls on our toilet. Um, that was our first fight, by the way. 
Um, but we decided early on that we don't want to live in a marriage that feels restrictive and constrained. No, we want to experience forgiveness in our marriage. And um, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean that there's never disagreements. It doesn't mean that you know, we never hit a road bump and we don't work on that. But that just means that if I can forgive quickly, it means that we experience freedom along the way. It means that I experience, you know, we get to experience freedom when we hold to forgiveness. We get to experience freedom from walking on eggshells around one another. We get to experience freedom from scoring points against other people. We get to experience freedom from holding things against other people. It's the value that I've tried to apply to all my relationships. Forgiveness isn't condoning what's happened. And I'm so sure that there's people in this room that have experienced real hurt uh, and real tough stuff in relationships in the past. And I wouldn't presume for one moment to tell you what to do with that. And in my experience, the reality of letting go of bitterness is really tough. But I do believe that the Bible tells us that if we can hold to forgiveness we can free ourselves from the chains of our own bitterness and we can step into and experience a little bit more freedom in our relationships. Amen? Amen. Yeah? Phenomenal. And we're on to third and final area that we want to experience freedom in here. And this is experiencing freedom in challenging circumstances. What's one way that we can do that? I believe that Jesus shows us that we can let go of control and hold to faithfulness. If you're like me, when you're facing challenging times, it can be difficult to experience true freedom. Uh, it can be so easy to feel trapped by what's happening, by the situation. It can be so easy to turn to sin in the midst of frustration. It can be so easy to allow the situation to form a roadblock that stops me going where I want to go. And so I wonder how you deal with challenging times. Well, I think for most of us, probably we begin with a practical solution and trying to control different things, move things about, make a plan. And that's good. That is a brilliant start and, you know, absolutely a really great way to handle stuff. But sometimes in life, there's nothing that we can do. What about when we come up against a circumstance that we can't control? And it's in those times where I know for me when if I still try and hold on to control, I'm really trying hard to do stuff, it can, almost, uh, it can almost bring extra worry. It can almost bring extra stress into the situation. And I wonder whether that's a little bit of what you're experiencing today, whether it's challenging circumstances in workplace, in family, in friendships, in personal lives. This lack of control can lead us to a place of worry and feel, feel like we're being weighed down. And so if that's you, I just want to say that I believe that this verse from Jesus has some words to help us with this. Luke 22, 42, Jesus, uh, Jesus is in a situation where he is the day before he is going to be trialed and executed. And you talk about a challenging time. And what does Jesus pray? He prays one line. He prays, Father, if you are willing... Take this cup from me. Not my will, but yours be done. The most free person that ever lived, and he gave up control. And sometimes that's the most freeing thing that we can do in circumstances that are challenging. Sometimes we can feel like we want to run from the circumstance. Sometimes we can feel like we want to give up on God. And those feelings might even be totally justified. But I just want to propose that, you know, as justified as they may feel, it's not what is going to help us to experience freedom. 
You know, that would be like letting the circumstance win and be, put it in the driving seat in my life. And I don't want to do that, no. And so if I can't control the situation, if I don't want to run from it, if I don't want to give up on God, the only thing that is left for me is to go through it. And to go through it, just like Jesus, I'm going to let go of trying to control everything and all the extra heartache and worry and stress that that can bring. And with everything in me, I'm just going to hold to faithfulness. I'm just going to hold to faithfulness. I'm going to hold to faithfulness. I'm going to hold to, I don't get what's going on, but I'm holding on to faithfulness. I don't get what's going on, but I'm holding on to God. I don't get what's going on, but I'm going to keep showing up to church. You know, that's why it's so important for us to come to church on Sundays because it just reminds us of the goodness of God. Even when we don't get it all, I can hold on to him. And it's my experience that somehow when I do that, uh, you know, I know that I don't have control, but I am reminded that God does have control. That there is somebody who holds my life and that he holds my past, my present and my future and he's working all things for good. And when I do that, it's like a little weight is lifted off my shoulders. And does it fix all my problems? Probably not. But it does help me to experience a little bit more freedom in the midst of my challenge. And so I want to say that if that's you and you're in the midst of a challenging circumstance today, let me encourage you, don't give up on being faithful. Hold on. Hold on to faithfulness. God is with you. He's strengthening you. He's with you. Even if he doesn't feel it, he is still with you. You can hold on. You can hold on to faithfulness and you will come out the other side. And you can experience freedom in the midst of your challenge. Amen? Amazing. Well, there you have it. Freedom is not found in a situation or a circumstance. Freedom is an internal thing. If we want to experience freedom in our lives, there's a couple of things that we've got to let go. And maybe it's a little tricky to let go. But if we can let go of some of our stuff and hold on to Jesus and his words, I believe that that will help free us from all the things that can hold us back and free us for God's best in our lives. Thank you so much for listening so kindly, guys. Um, I'd love to invite you all to stand up to your feet. We're going to go back into a time of worship in just a moment. But just before that, I'd love to pray for you. So why don't you just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I just thank you so much for your incredible grace. And Father, I just thank you that as we hold on to you and your words, that even in the midst of our lives and our challenges and our less than perfect situations, you can help us to experience freedom today. And I pray that right now in this moment, there will be things in our life that we are able to let go of. Things that have been holding us back, things that have been restraining us and constricting us and causing us to live in a prison, Lord. Father, I pray that those things will be able to fall from our lives right now and we'll be able to take hold of your magnificent grace, Lord. And as we're about to sing, when we hold on to your grace, your grace takes a hold of us and protects us and enables us to experience freedom right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.